Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Levercaro, and this episode's guest is Japanese Breakfast. Michelle Zahner, better known as Japanese Breakfast, is a Brooklyn-based solo artist. After writing two albums made to help process grief, psychopomp, and soft sounds from another planet, she felt that she deserved to finally write about joy. On Jubilee, she explores joy from all angles, from chasing it to the experience of it. One of the things that I noticed, or not even that I noticed, but even just read about with this album, is that unlike the last two records, Psychopomp and Soft Sounds from Another Planet, which are very much looking backwards and kind of processing grief, this one is very much, of course, looking forward at joy. And right from the opening song, Paprika, I really feel that because you have that sort of line quite close to the top of the song, um, untying a great knot, which to me feels kind of like letting go. And then when we turn around, we're looking at this just literal explosive jubilee of like the beauty of getting to make music and share it with other people. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Check. Uh, Yeah. I think that, um, you know, oftentimes I feel like, and it's a part of this established narrative that you have to endure tragedy and experience great anguish to make great art. And I think that, you know, I, it wasn't always easy for me to run to this sort of unexpected place and theme. And and that was certainly a big thing that I wanted to shake was I feel like my narrative as an artist is so rooted in grief and loss and I thought that the most surprising thing I could offer was an album about joy Um, but initially I did uh, kind of struggle to get started and had some sort of writer's block and I had this dream of um, untying this this great knot uh, that unraveled like a braid and um, yeah I just I I feel like you know um I forget sometimes to really enjoy uh, what I'm doing. You know, what I've, I've I've really won the career lottery, but sometimes I'm so afraid of losing that or or letting people down or letting myself down that I forget to really revel in in the joy of of having this as a job. You know, and and so I think that song is kind of like a reminder to um, appreciate and enjoy uh, this craft and um, this lifestyle and not to take it so seriously. Yeah, and it's nice to see that yourself and other artists are well as well are finally embracing this joy, especially in the indie world because the sort of like sad boy, sad girl thing was very much a trope, I think, in the last 10 years or so, and I'm, we're finally seeing it break down and people just singing about the things that make them happy. Yes. Well, 
we're very much staying in this sugary, sweet, silly realm as we move into the next song, which of course is Be Sweet, which I was just dancing around to in the hallway. Nobody needed to see that, which is good. Um, and I kind of read this one as chasing joy, even though it might bite you in the ass, and it's okay. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this is just... I've had this song in my back pocket for a while. I wrote it in 2018 with Jack Tatum in Los Angeles. And originally I thought it was going to be for a uh, pop artist, like some, you know, we were going to sell it and try to make money. Uh, but I loved it so much that I wanted to keep it. And so it was this kind of like back pocket single I had for a, a long time. Um, and it was influenced by a Raymond Carver short story called Tell the Women We're Going. And so I inverted it. And the first line is, tell the men I'm coming. And so then I just kind of envisioned this character of like, who says this kind of thing? And she's kind of this like sassy 80s woman of the night, you know, and I kind of went in that direction. And yeah, I mean, I think it's about um, kind of like wanting to believe in someone that um, has not proven themselves lately and pleading with them to get their shit together <laughs> yeah but again it feels like there is this sort of just letting go to it even though again there's there isn't something perfect here um it is such a like happy song it's like i don't care i'm just going straight for this and i'm going to revel in it whatever it may be yeah i definitely feel like it reminds me of like a Whitney Houston song or something I oh yeah feel like she has she's like the queen of of joyful dance bangers oh yeah well I guess we'll we'll hop right into the next one so that's Kokomo Indiana not the Kokomo that they're talking about in the very famous Beach Boy song um first of all I was very surprised that there is a Kokomo in Indiana we learn new things every day and Initially, when I was reading about this album, I thought that it was you writing a lot about yourself, but this is one of the songs that isn't about you. It's sort of more of a, a character, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I wrote it from the perspective of a small town boy in Indiana uh, who's saying goodbye to his high school girlfriend who's accepted a foreign exchange prog program in Australia. Um, and yeah, I think I just, I wanted to write a sweet song about teenage love. And if I had been in that situation with the sort of maturity that I have now, um, I just love the idea of like two people whose relationship ends too soon, but it's not like this dramatic thing. It's this understanding that you're young and this person that you fell for has so much left to give to the world that it would be selfish to hoard it for yourself you know and so I think it's kind of like a, just like a really sweet love song about like letting letting go and understanding that mm -hmm. yeah surprising emotional maturity from a fictional teenager but <laughs> yeah. very beautiful fantasy right exactly we we only dream of those things um but yeah and I like that it's sort of I mean, I know this album's supposed to really be about approaching joy in diff from different angles, running away from the things that don't bring you joy, and just really looking at it in a multifaceted sense. And I like that this is sort of like, minus the fact that it's something that's ending, teenage love is such an uncomplicated joy that, you know, we don't really get back again as, as we age. So it's kind of a sweet little morsel of that concept of joy. Definitely. We're really breezing through this. We're doing a good job. <laughs> Look at us with time management. All right. Well, 
Slide Tackle is definitely sort of one of the songs that goes in the other direction because it's one where rather than talking directly about joy, we're talking about one of the things that doesn't bring us joy and actively fighting against it, you know, really fighting against the bad stuff, the darkness. Um, And I've been following you on Instagram for several years, and I know that you've been really open about mental health and sort of combating that. So I guess I don't entirely know what the question is, but I guess where does this song sort of sit in all of that? I think I've been someone that's always been kind of like predisposed to negativity and and depression and the sort of darker parts of life. And so I I feel like, you know, that's kind of um, it's sort of about slide tackling your brain into submission, you know, and constantly sort of fighting against um, leaning into uh, darker thoughts and, and trying to push it towards um happiness I guess and and that being a constant struggle yes and there's something very redemptive and very cathartic about the image of a a slide tackle as the thing (laughs) that you're fighting your own demons with because it is such an ongoing complicated battle and the idea of just like kind of like you know adding in a slide tackle or a drop kick to that experience (laughs) just feels really good like I wish it could be that way you know yeah I think that as I've gotten older I've I've gotten a little bit better at at understanding the sort of warning signs of when I can feel my sort of mental health slipping and um, have gotten a little bit better about uh, learning how to combat that and, and, um, you know, sort of tackle it before it's, it's gone too far. And, and, uh, but yeah, I think it's an, it's, it's a constant struggle that a lot of people go through all the time and it really feels like you're physically grappling with your brain at times. And so that's what that song's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect way to look at it. All right, we move on once again now to about the halfway point, posing in bondage, another favorite of mine. First of all, I played this on another show that I do not too long ago, and I was telling my friend about how I love the kind of like chimey breakdown at the end. It's very like, I don't think wondrous is a word, but we're going to pretend it is for a minute. Um what is a word (laughs) is it okay good so i'm not completely off mark here good i'm really proud of myself this is a song sort of about approaching a joy that you want but you haven't quite gotten it yet and it reminds me a lot of so hot you're hurting my feelings by caroline polachek but the key difference being in that song she's already gotten the person and she misses them in this one it's like i want but i haven't quite gotten them yet the song is about Uh, a woman who is done up in bondage waiting for someone who never comes home. Uh, And uh, I just really thought that that image was very funny and very sad, the kind of, you know, desperate longing that I think everyone can relate to. I mean, it's basically about emotional neediness and yeah, not quite um, feeling fulfilled and and, uh, feeling ignored Um, but I also think that that song is about monogamy and, um, loyalty and, and that, you know, monogamy is this real decision that you make to sort of close a lot of doors and, and deciding whether or not that that's worth it. That's something that, um, you know, I, I'm in a monogamous relationship and, and, uh, when you're younger, like that kind of decision is, is sort of like harder to make, I think, or you, it feels like a, a greater sacrifice. And 
I think, you know, it it's a type of posing in a way, posing in monogamy because, you know, desire isn't this consistent intensity in in a monogamous relationship. It's like it has to sort of pose through some more boring moments and I think that that is unappealing sometimes but what it offers you is is an as a different kind of um yeah loyalty and and um consistency that I think is is also really beautiful and really important in life and and doesn't get uh glamorized very often um or seems unromantic but I find it to be actually very romantic and um yeah so I think that song is kind of grappling with those ideas well i guess we go on again um we're back with sit it's another song that is less about the again approaching towards joy but rather removing ourselves from something that you know drains us of joy so i read it very much as i guess a relationship that you need to let go of because maybe at the beginning it seemed like it was giving you joy but you realized that it was actually draining you so this was one of the things that needed to go yeah, I think that this song is about confused desire. Uh, and yeah, that, that's a, that's about it. It's about There's it. Many, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, in the kind of bigger picture of finding joy, it's. I think I think yeah. what brings you joy can get confusing sometimes, you know. And I think that you know we can't just constantly choose joy I mean it has to be calculated sometimes you know because I mean in the same thing with monogamy like there there's a moment where you know you could have desire you know I have crushes on people all the time and like there could be a moment that like you you know you could get confused in this way that like acting on that on those types of desires would bring you joy but then it would bring you a a tremendous amount of pain because you're sacrificing something else so I don't think choosing joy is is so simple I think it it can be kind of complicated and um, you know, what brings you joy immediately isn't always what brings you joy in the long run. Uh, so I think that that is an important part about joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the larger album demonstrates is that joy is strangely complicated and, and it's rare. Yes. It's rare and precious. So approach it carefully and hold on to it when you have it. Well, going on to another song. This is another one of the fictional songs on the album, Savage Good Boy, um, with the video starring the amazing Michael Imperioli of The Sopranos, um, which very interesting video. I was watching it yesterday and I enjoyed it very much. Um, But again, so this one's a bit of a weird outlier on the album. Again, it feels really joyous, like sonically. It's big. It's ridiculous. It's wonderful. But... It's about rich people buying bunkers. So what well, that brings them joy. I guess yeah, if you're if you're making money and you have a very eccentric bunker full of wealth, that can be pretty sick. But I think greed is a type of exaggerated uh I think that we can use joy to rationalize greed and I like I said, I think that joy is something that seems simple but is a little bit more complicated maybe. Mm. I mean that song comes from a news headline about billionaires buying bunkers and I found that to be very menacing um that the wealthy are able to sort of protect themselves themselves in this way um 
and yeah, I guess I was just interested in exploring that type of villainy um, and seeing things from that perspective of a billionaire. And so the song is about a billionaire coaxing a young woman to live with him in, in a bunker as the sort of world burns around them. Um, and I think that what makes villainy so scary is that you can see parts of yourself in people that have exhibited this sort of bad behavior on a real high level. I think everyone knows what greed feels like. I, I think everyone has made decisions in their lives that have favored their comfort over others. Um, but I think what's scary is when you see that operating on a really high level. Um, and I was interested in exploring that perspective through this song. Yeah. Well, we are at song number eight, uh, In Hell. This one is very much the opposite side of the coin of joy. But ironically, I think that's a good thing because in order to feel grief, which the song very much touches on, we have to have felt joy. And so this song deals with, I know, putting your dog down and also the connections with when when your mother passed away and sort of, you know, that, that line that comes back in the song, hell is finding someone to love and I can't have you. It's, again, it's a loss of joy in a sense. Yeah, you know, I did an interview earlier today uh, with a woman who just lost her mom a month and a half ago, and she had a really beautiful takeaway from this record, which was, you know, I'm not there yet, but it gives me such great hope to listen to this album and f feel like I'll be there someday, you know, like in, in time. And that really moved me quite a bit, and I think that that was really what I was after in this record was I finally felt ready to sort of give myself permission to move on and, and experience joy. But I think that the reason why in hell made it on there besides just, you know, it was an older song that I felt like it deserved a home. Um, you know, I think it's truly the most devastating song I've ever written. It's about putting my childhood dog down and it's called in hell because psychopomp has a song called in heaven um about the same dog sort of pacing around my mother's room after she passed away and you know it was just shocking to when you euthanize an animal to see how fast and how much power you can have and it was really hard to not relate that power to the experience of snowing my mom under with hydrocodone like the, the la her final days in a coma when when the pain was just too great for us not to have to do that for us we, you know that was how we had to that's what we had to do and uh it was such a long drawn out very painful process and it was shocking to see you know that this power uh, that we we possess um with medicine so yeah I mean I think it was important to include that song in a way I mean it comes in a really like sort of shocking place when you when you think you're ending it's <laughs> like beautiful like joyous album and I think is all the more devastating to be on there but I think in a way it fits the theme in just the sense of like look you can you can have this dark moment and still experience joy someday you know I think it's a sort of reminder of that for me yeah I think that's extremely hopeful and for people who suffer through things like depression when you're in a low I think you need that reminder so it definitely has a welcome place on this album thank you well getting again to the the following song which is tactics tactics and sit felt very similar to me because they're both sort of letting go or adjusting a relationship and you know like i i, I feel like i want to probably stay a little high level on this one which is fine but 
Are those songs connected to you in any sense? Not really, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, They're about pretty different things. I think that, I mean, I guess in some ways it's about making a hard choice or or being confused by a situation in some ways. But um, Tactics is a song about uh, a very difficult goodbye in my life. And um, staring at like a cold, hard decision of, you know, placing basically protecting your happiness and and moving away from a situation or a person that's sacrificing that you know um and so yeah I mean I I think that that song is really interesting and beautiful and um it almost sounds like a love song but it's about distancing yourself from someone instead of wanting to be closer and I think that uh there's something very sad about that and and um but very important and real Mm mm-hmm Again, in a in a less comfortable sense, it comes back to that concept of happiness in the bigger picture. It's like what's going to leave you feeling more secure and what's going to leave you feeling more fulfilled in the long run. And unfortunately, that's one of the parts of life is that we have to go through those kinds of decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on now to the final song, which is Posing for Cars. Now, this is another kind of sad sounding or sad re- reading song on the record, which definitely tripped me up a little bit. So I guess since we're at the final song and just kind of tying the album all together here, what is this song's place on the album? Um, I think that the song is about um, two people who love each other in very different ways and both are valid and um as as full as the other no matter how they might seem on the outside um I was really inspired by the Wilco song at least that's what you said uh because I feel like it's this really understated sort of acoustic moment that's like a scene between two people where where not everything is being said and and the sort of guitar solo that comes after it is this sort of sonic representation of of what all the things that that haven't been said between them but yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that this this song, how it relates to the theme is that, you know, for me, joy is also very much about embracing feeling. And um, I think that there are two very different, there are very there are many different ways to embrace feeling. And for me, I'm someone that I, I feel like I have to very actively embrace feeling. Uh, and not everyone is like that. Some people are, are a little more, their desires and their feelings are a little bit more muted, but it's it's a... It's like a slower, just different type of love and feeling. Jubilee is available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com